Hello everybody and welcome to The Bit Effect. Today is part two of Nino Kuni 2, Revenant Kingdom. With me to discuss the story and all things related to the story, spoiler warning, don't listen to this if you want to know the story. It's another spoiler warning, don't care about the story. Luke! <laughs> Hello. Craig, flipping it, man. Ah, oh, that was that was, that was just good. <laughs> that was really good, Mike. Spoiler warning: Do not listen to me. I have nothing to offer. <laughs> uh, is there anything you guys want to say about the music? It's fantastic. It is actually by Joe Joe Hisashi, isn't it? So at least some of it must be. I haven't checked a hundred percent on the credits. So he is the you know the the core composer for the majority of Studio Ghibli movies. Um, I don't know if he gave it his best, but some, a lot of it's a reprise of the original theme of the first game as yeah, well. Yeah, it is Joe Hisaishi. Takes place over the majority of uh, important cutscenes, yeah. Um, I kind of felt ambivalent towards the music. I like the town theme when you're diddling around in the town. I, I like that theme. Uh, for the most part, this kind of just did its job. I can't say it was bad, and I... I it didn't jump out at me and say it was good. It was just kind of, okay, yeah, that music fits the scene. Yeah. It, the music didn't have a, an arc like Dragon Quest did, where the first five minutes were great, and then all of a sudden you wanted to, like, stuff cotton wool in your ears because they were bleeding from pain. Um, <laughs> it just... It was just a kind of flat... It's, it's a thing. It's music. It's not offensive. Nice one. Oh, I don't know what's wrong with you guys. Maybe I, I like this game too much. I don't know. I, I thought every every area had its own unique song that kind of made it fit in with whatever theme it was going for. And um, quite often it, when I'm playing long games like this, I will I will put a podcast on or music. But I was quite happy to just listen along to the soundtrack. I thought it was it was well done. How dare you like something, Luke? What do you think this is? Some kind of podcast where we talk about stuff we like? <laughs> That's probably fine. <laughs> Um, anything else? No, that, that <laughs> no. was about it. General, general music. The voice acting, the very little voice acting that there was, was a bit hit or miss. I loved Lo- Lofty. I absolutely hated Batu, obviously. And I think the rest was just kind of in the middle somewhere. Now see, just... I'll give Evan a thumbs up. Mm-hmm. When he did the voice acting, I thought Evan did good. I there's something about a child's voice it just goes right through father me. of three yeah you're not gonna like Oliver then yeah. <laughs> there, there is something about this game which really really gets on my nerves with the voice acting which is just that like in some games you know you'll, you'll bump into a, a random NPC who doesn't speak so they'll just get text and that's it sometimes you go into the full screen and you've got the the full cutscene where you know you've got the bigger text it's not in a box it's just gonna, you know that's gonna be voiced but in this, it's just really weird because, like, some people will have voices, some people won't. And there's never an indication it'll use the exact same boxes, you know. And it, it's really odd because sometimes someone will... Well, like, at some points, I remember, I'd stop from speeding through text. And, like, halfway through a conversation, someone would start saying stuff. And then they'd just stop a little bit later. And it was like, there, there yeah. wasn't... You, you're never sure. Like, you know, for me, if, if someone's going to say the voice lines, I'll probably sit back, wait, and go... 
you know, well, I don't want to miss this. It's part of the game. It's, it's, yeah. it's part of my value for the £12 I've paid for this product. <laughs> but but then, then it's sort of like, you know, you, you could never, I don't know, but you can never tell who's going to be voiced or what, you know, what they were thinking. It's like some bits, it'll just, it'll go seamlessly between bits and then it'll stop doing voicing. Then it'll switch to the other style All the again. characters that were animated got a voice, like actual drawn. Right. Cutscenes and anybody else. This this it. really got on my nerves, and it is it is a stupid nitpicky thing. But when you talk to a person and their character, the box dialogue pops up and says, "Oh, we really need to get to the ship," but their voice goes, "Oi, how you doing there?" That drives me insane. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah. That, that, that was herrings as well. Disappointing. Oh, sorry. <laughs> all right, so we don't need any background. We have gotten all of our poison out for the most part. Let's crack right into the story, guys. Now, do you hear those crickets, listener? <laughs> so, Evan, Evan Titty Whisker, Peldrum, or whatever his name is, his kingdom has been overthrown, so he needs to make a new kingdom where everyone is happy and gives each other blowjobs. All right, let's take <laughs> so a break right there. On a Right there. Okay. Did anybody want to smack Evan? Oh, 100%. See, every time he said, oh, but I just want everyone to love each other. I'm just like, mate, let's... No, no. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I guess that's a it's a prescient story in this day and age of like, uh-huh. guys, just get along. But boy, uh-huh. who would follow that kid? I think my my problem with it is, like, it, it's, the, it's clear from the start, it's evident from the very start that he just wants... It's the basis for the whole game, so he wants to unite the five kingdoms of wherever the hell they are um, in a way which means that if they're all in a treaty, there is no war. Apart from the fact that there's all these warring factions that are homeless and all that kind of thing as well. Because nobody but, in the history of man has ever broken a treaty. Oh, ever. Exactly, exactly. And the ironic thing um, is he wants everybody to have peace by fighting people that don't want to have peace. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let, let, let's get started right at the beginning. So we mm. talked about the nuclear thing. We talked about Malzinger killing old Papa. And mm-hmm. we talked about Roland showing up. And well, bam. Yep. Okay. At this point, I was very interested. Ah, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Uh, you know, you fight to take your kingdom back. Or uh, what, you know, is Mausinger going to be the bad guy of the game? Uh, as it turns out, no. No, he's not. As a matter of fact, all it takes is one tearful, I'm sorry, and and you're good. Mm-hmm. Uh, once it started to morph into the typical RPG is when I started to check out a little bit mentally. I mean, I still paid attention because of the notes and whatnot, but were there any surprises in this story for you guys? I was quite surprised that we never saw any sort of resolution to this president thing for... Well, the majority of the game. Yeah. So, um, and the end of the game has me a bit confused on that point, but we'll talk about it. No, I don't, I don't know on that, but I, I do know that I, I was thinking he's he's quite accepting of his new new um, <laughs> direction he in is. life. I don't know what's happening here. Well, you know, to be fair, if you aged down 20 years and had a really cool ponytail, would you not be happy? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He jump, jumps in fighting fit straight away. All that practice from um, the Time Warp, I presume, or something. 
I feel like we need to. I feel like we need to actually give like a an overview of the story, and then so. All right, who wants to read the Google Notes? <laughs> <laughs> Evan, on his mission to build his own kingdom, visits the other kingdoms and finds that the the heads of those kingdoms have been they're they're acting devious out of character. We later find out that the reason for that is that an evil character called Dolorin is uh, corrupting these people and then stealing their king's... Is it king's... King king's makers. bond, which is what le- links them to their king's maker. Yeah, right. So Evan is then on a mission to try and get these countries to join his country after he started building it. And it's a process of running through each of those, trying to trying to save them or get the king's maker to stop attacking their cities after the king's blood's been taken. And it literally is that much detail there isn't a huge amount of detail in it which starts my point is i came into this game expecting a, a fairy tale and there not to be a lot of depth in the story and you guys are instantly jumping into like oh my, <laughs> like, oh my why why are they not worried about this sort of stuff and that, i think that's maybe where we're going to deviate and well, possibly why i like the game yeah. <laughs> i don't know all right well, we, we do start off a bit earlier, remember, because we've got the whole sort of Aranella thing, and and like I think that's one of those cases where some someone advised, let's kill off a potentially sort of key character very early in the game, and not give you enough yeah. time to sort of resonate with that. That and was a, a bit weird. That's an, yeah, yeah, I didn't know. And um, that, okay. That's like kind of the key driving force you re-find out again later towards the end of the game, but sort of, it's just involved in like the first two hours or so, so of the game. what probably. we're saying is, if one of you guys died taking a bullet for your <laughs> head of government, but then said right before you died, build a kingdom where everyone can be happy, it would happen. Right? Mm. Like, you guys could potentially change the world. I'm just set, setting that out there. You guys need to do this. All right. Luke, you said the name. The name that has driven me insane this entire time. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Dolorin. You mentioned Dolorin. Dolomite. Did that not did that not jump out at anybody else? I got it from the get-go, but I knew from the start that this world everybody in the Everybody in the human world has a counterpart in this world, although they never touch on that in this game for some reason. That's a big theme in the first one. So as soon as I saw that, I was like, that's an anagram of Roland. <laughs> that's Roland right there. <laughs> I think you mean Rolando. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that drove me insane that nobody else in the game realizes that. That's a real Modnar situation right there. Mm. Um, number two, what was the name of his kingdom? Oh, uh, allegoria. Is that an? What is that? An it anagram? means. No, is that an anagram, anagram? Anything? It's literally the word allegory. With an yeah <laughs> at the end of that. That made me punch myself in the balls mm-hmm. just to feel something because oh my gosh, you're right. This is supposed to be a fairy tale, not one they would play on Teletubbies. Damn it! Those two things drove me insane the entire time. Number two would be, you're right about the fairy tale. I, I I guess I can sort of see the attraction in 
Well, you show up to a city, whoop, there's a bad guy, whoop, there's another character that's being focused on a lot. Guess that's my party member, and that's the bad guy. I I, I guess I could so, sort of see that, but it happened four times in a row. Mm-hmm. Every place was literally the exact same story notes. The only one I had hope for was Mausinger. I was like, oh, are they actually going to have a bad person in this? No. Nobody in this game at all is bad, except when Rolando makes them bad. There's never just a bad person. Like, they could have done that with Pugnacious, right? I'm like, no, he's just a guy who wants money. But nope. He was actually really good, but it was just Rolando making him bad. And, and that, was, that really makes me squiffy. Was the um, Mouse and Girls um, deputy guy, no, was he, he not was, just a wee bit? He was tainted as well. Oh, was he tainted yeah. as well? Yeah, he was tainted On by... On a sub note, I'd, I, I'd hate to forget this, but in the first two hours, there is an absolutely huge amount of presence of the, like, Mausinger's yeah, Black that, Knight. Yeah, that is weird. I did... Does he... Now, I never followed any other gameplay sections, but was that... Does, does that ever get followed up anywhere? I Not really. By the time Roland shows up and goes turncoat... In, with all the subtlety of a five-year-old with a purple crayon, mm-hmm. then no, no Black Knight. I it wondered if just it was going to be a DLC thing or something, because it, it didn't seem like they uh. did anything with that story. Yeah, they made a big deal out of him in the beginning. I was like, oh, crap, don't fight that guy. I thought he'd like follow you across the lands and stuff and be trying to hunt you down or, and be like your, you know, the rival who turns good or something at some point later in the game. I don't know, something like that, but... Yeah, no, that that's kind of a, a dropped thread. I mean, I can't hold them to that. I mean, that that's fine. But yeah, it, now that you mention it, I didn't even think of him again for the rest of the game. Jeez, not to die. So props to you. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about something good. All right, let's talk about good stuff. Mm. <laughs> hold on, I'm thinking. Hold on. Uh, in terms of story, since they were all the same story beats for all four of the towns. Was there a town that you liked, like that you gravitated towards? I think Goldpaw is going to be the answer for probably everybody. It's quite a cool town where everything sits on fate and it's all based around casinos. And I I really liked that place. And the music was cracking. It was really good. The music was pretty good there. I'll give you that. You're right. I like Um, the, um, what was it? Like the sea, what was it? Is it? Per- I keep capstan upon hull polacross or something like that, but it's not. <laughs> Wait, <yeah. laughs> Craig, yeah. what? Please tell me that's a naming conventions for towns and places that I don't live. Yeah, I, honestly, it's, it's hydropolis. I, I, it's hydropolis. Hydropolis. Hydropolis on hull. It's not a flavor of ice cream. It's a hydropolis. <laughs> But there was something quite quite ghibli about that section, you know, like a, a load of crazy rules out of nowhere and sort of. That's it, it, yeah, it's I, a bit I trite, agree, you know. It's the fo- it's the one that you do follow, you know, saying a, a long a long destined relationship and someone who who never fully confronts their feelings about things and stuff like. But you know, it felt it felt like a ghibli thing, and I I kind of appreciated it for its brief appearance although I, it was you know you could sort of tell stuff about it but you know it sort of played out but enjoyable i guess i am um, 
I really like like most Ghibli stuff has a very sweet taste at the beginning, and then there's always something bittersweet, unless you're watching Grave of the Fireflies, and then it's all the the worst chocolate you've ever had. But there's always that that kind of eerie or little bit frightening thing that Ghibli has, and that giant eyeball in oh. Hydropolis was pretty damn cool. Yeah, I'll give them that. And then they said, love is outlawed. And it was it just threw everything in the air. I'm like, well, geez. Oh, geez. So, that was a bit odd. It's oh. a bit dumb. It's a bit dumb. <laughs> Lady, your race will die out. That is incredibly dumb. Speaking of that place, I did notice that's the only place, like, you don't get any representatives from for the other races. You, you don't get a, you don't get a fish person. And you don't get a dog person. And you, I mean, you, if you do Evan get a little boy who likes to run around, which is interesting. I guess. I mean, I mean, that's a, you know, that's another thing. You know, it really grinds my gears. Mm. I'm running out of space Everyone, on my page to write these down, Dave. I'm sorry. <laughs> Everything in Hydropolis is fish based, except for the queen and your party character. Why is Leander not a fish person? Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I I I don't understand why you couldn't have the fish person with the fish queen that actually looked like a fish. No, it's because we had to have. It's because um, way back when, the four hundred years ago, when the the before the time loop started, Leander Leander was a wandering person who then came into the town. Have you ever seen Brigadoon with Gene Kelly? Where at the end, Gene <laughs> Kelly decides to join Brigadoon and it disappears for a hundred years and then comes back because he's in love with the woman. It's basically okay, Brigadoon. Wait, 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 wait. This is a monumentous <laughs> occasion. Gene Kelly has been mentioned on the podcast for the first time. I just want to take the moment to monumentalize that. Um... I will say sure, Craig, and pat you on the head and send you on your way. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's basically it's basically that. I I think we all kind of hate, and I'm sorry for forgetting the name. Does anybody remember the Clockwork Town? Broadleaf. Broadleaf. There we go. Um. Does everyone hate Broadleaf because of that dungeon area? Yeah, the yeah, was... dungeon in Broadleaf is is just horrific. The the platform moving. That then resets when you revisit it uh, is a bit of a kick in the bell end. And they love sending you back there for uh-huh. about four hundred different things. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not it's not a great area. It's not a great dungeon. Um. Okay. So let let's go through the party members. Mm-hmm. Uh, we already talked about who we used combat wise. What do we think of each of the party members? Did anybody jump out at you? At all, Batu has to be the worst father ever. Um, yeah. Set, send your daughter on a mission where she could possibly die, and just continuously do that without any concern about her. Look, yeah. he was busy boarding things. Okay, uh. the man was busy. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought Batu was particularly terrible. Tani, I think at some point, Luke, you said one of her specials was raining arrows from the sky, which sounded pretty cool. I just went with like stock standard stuff. I Leander, I didn't like his character because I didn't like that whole town. I didn't like that story arc at all. 
Did um, did anyone else get weird S and M vibes off of that relationship? Like I was pretty sure at one point she was gonna stick a heel in his chest and spit in his mouth, and he was gonna say thank you. I'm pretty sure that happened at some point. Gene Kelly S and M versus Um, you're thinking of Bracken, the the chick from Broadleaf. Does she actually have an artificial leg or not? I can't yeah. fully tell. But I took it off her and put it on a different party member and she just had normal flex. <laughs> My favouritest, favouritest part of the whole game was the cutscene where she reveals her leg and in the background for a, a split second you just you just see, uh, what's his name? I was going to say body there but it's not. Blimey hell, Lofty. Is that? Lofty that doing that, that animation like he's yeah. terrified. St- everyone's like, oh, you're so brave. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, this is gross. <laughs> Flipping egg, you're missing a leg, man. Exactly. <laughs> um, Bracken was the only character that I really liked. Only because, mm. well, you don't really see amputees in video games. That's kind of cool. I like that. Yeah. Just for the, oh, that's an original character. I mean, Leander is stock standard. Batu and Tani can't find their way out of a paper bag. And Roland is good, but Evan isn't. So for me, the party was pretty simple. Mm. Um <laughs> In fact, you would have dropped some Did, did anyone else actually do that, though? I mean, li- literally, if you if you unequip her artificial leg, she'll it'll just be replaced with the same trouser leg that she has on the other side. And no, I, I didn't it's, notice it's, that. It's really odd. Try, try it if you get the chance, and you'll be like... I am well, not reinstalling this thing ever. <laughs> you uninstalled it? Oh, I, as soon as I was done, delete, gone. <laughs> I, 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 again, I didn't like it. Luke, <laughs> I I just wonder, David, do you like go to a Disney film and like analyze it to the? <sighs> I don't know if I okay. just came in to think of this. This no. is just going to be an A to B, A to B, A to B, finish done. Well, no, 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 no. Like, like, okay, but name me a Disney film that is this stereotypical. Toy Story Four. You can't. <laughs> I see. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, you do that, Craig. Well done. <laughs> End of argument. I, I can't say anything. <laughs> Hold on. Give me an hour and a half, guys. I will be right back. But no, like there's a different. I I don't view this the same way you do as being made for kids. I, I don't understand. Like, okay, let's, let's stack this up against any Studio Ghibli movie, except maybe Totoro and Kiki, and even they have their dark spots. This is way below even the level of any Studio Ghibli movie. I mean, you can't compare this to Mononoke. You can't compare it to something like even Up on Poppy Hill. They're all more complex emotionally than this one is. Maybe Ponyo. What, what was what was My Neighbor the Yamadas actually about? My Neighbor's the Yamadas wasn't a Ghibli movie. It was by a guy who used to work with Ghibli. But that's just a ah. slice of life of like, this is a typical Japanese family. Hijinks ensue. Yeah. It was a pretty good movie. I really liked My Neighbors the Yamadas. Okay. Fair enough. But, I've never yeah, given it enough time. I mean, I mean, you keep falling back on the, the it's meant for kids, but Ghibli stuff is mm. too, and it's not near this simplistic. It's a, it's a good point. I can't argue it. Yeah. I I don't know, man. I just I just found it charming. Mon. 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 Uh, I just found it charming and... It was enough for me to go right. Okay, here's the here's my objective. I'm gonna go do my objective, and I'll get the next cutscene. And that was two or three hours spent on that bit. Woohoo! Um, oh yeah, it's fine. 
That's fine. Now, if we're going to compare this to a serious story where, like, this is of the, of the same level of story as Final Fantasy fifteen. Final Fantasy fifteen is tries to be complex, fails to deliver any of its hooks, and... Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I'm, Ooh. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, that is completely how I, I view that game. I think it doesn't bother to try, or the, the way it tries to deliver things falls flat. It doesn't live up to what was set up before it. Now, okay, I'm not, um, I, well, I'm not going to get into that. I just want to say that the, the thing is, though, I can take a story at different levels. So I'm not, I'm not coming into this thinking, oh, this has got to be like a, a mega complex story for me to enjoy it. And at the same time, it doesn't have to be mega complex and I can still enjoy it. But that it's not trying to be point. something it's not, which I think Final but, Fantasy 15 failed horribly at. Whoa, <laughs> you are baiting so hard. <laughs> I am chomping at the bit, man. Okay. The only difference is, and Final Fantasy 15 does this, too, and even you have to admit to this, like I said, the characters in the beginning are very different people than the characters at the end. Oh, Final um, Fantasy 15? This, yeah. Yes. 100% disagree. Very different. 100% what? disagree. I'm sorry. I'm... One goes blind. One finds out he's a clone and that breaks him mentally. One finds out he's destined to die when the other one is left just standing going, I guess I'll lift weights. And it's and I and think that's we completely not delivered. We did all agree on the emotional impact of the final camp scene as well, if I remember right. Yeah, yeah, that broke me as a as a person. Yeah, it same. broke me hard. Okay, okay, I, okay. I, that aside, that's a, just a difference of opinion. All right, I'll yeah. I'll accept that. When you're talking, this has a level of complexity as let's say Kirby's epic yarn. <laughs> that is a fairy yeah. tale and, yeah. and I'm not saying this uh, uh, to be mean that is a fairy tale that works because the gameplay plays into it it's a nice fluffy simple platformer it's good as soon as you mention the words JRPG there is baggage that comes with that and one of them is going to be a story that entertains you for 60 hours even if it's not good it will en- entertain you for 60 hours this is a story that entertains for like 3 and then you see exactly where all of it is going. That's why I'm holding this to a different standard than other games that are fairy tale like. Now, not to jump ahead too much, but it <laughs> does actually check some things off the list. It does do things like, you know, for example, find out who the real villain is and how, you know, I don't, I don't know. It, it does it does tick a few things off the list, but not many of them. All right, what I did in my my. My spare time, because I love the show so very much, I hope you know I'm grabbing my lapels in an Abe Lincoln fashion, um, is I compared this to Final Fantasy, and I went down the list. Like, okay, is this story as complex as 15? No. Is it as complex as 12? No. And I went all the way down. I got down to one. And even one has a more complex story about a time loop and how you end up causing the villain and kind of interesting stuff. For an NES game, this you could have predicted straight out of the gate. As soon as you leave with Evan and um, Mr. Maid Lady dies and says, build a better world, then that's it. I got it. I got the game. So no, I, I'm, I'm being very harsh against it, but it's with good reason. There are very few games that have a story this bare bones. And I'm tired of talking. Somebody else talk, damn it. No, Dave, I want to hear more. <laughs> 
Can I just say, Dave, your your document that you've done for this podcast is absolutely amazing. You absolutely love putting in brackets, curious boy. And it is, it is oh, the yeah, well, that's what he's known as the of. entire game is curious boy <laughs> until a terrible, 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 terrible payoff. All right. So being honest here, who did you guys think the curious boy was? I thought it was Roland when he was younger, hmm. but that was okay. wrong. <laughs> Craig, you said you did. You say you guessed it fairly yeah, early. I guessed it fairly early. I didn't. That know is the, bonkers. I didn't know the mechanics mm. of why. So the curious boy is the son from the future who has powers to travel through time. I didn't understand that bit of it, but I guessed the son bit of it, and I don't know how I did it. It's this nine 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 thing. I've now YouTube the ending of nine nine nine. I was like, God damn! I was so close. <laughs> <laughs> you were, dude. It was really hard for us to maintain that veneer of up. Are you right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> damn it. Um, but yeah, I think I don't know why. I at first the very first thing I thought was it was going to be Kid Roland or something like that. But then I thought, no, there's no way in hell it's going to be Kid Roland. It's not. It's not going to be that obvious, and it's there's no mechanic or, or story reason for Kid Roland to ever be sitting in that chair. The only person there is is Evan's son. That is amazing, Craig. I, I don't know how you can. That do is that. such a leap of logic. I I must bow in, in presence of it, man. There's no way I would have thought that. Which makes me say that was such a friggin' cheat at the end. Like there's nothing mm-hmm. that hints towards. Well, you see, Evan will grow up and get married uh-huh. and have a son, and they invent time travel. Yeah. And and not to mention, it must have been a weird kind of time travel because the son wasn't physical. Mm-hmm. He was metaphysical. It's not. No, it, it wasn't a type of time travel. It was his power. It was, it was only, it was unique to him. It wasn't like they invented oh. time travel. It was just a magical power that he had. <laughs> that makes it so much worse. <laughs> 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 I mean, I'm, I was pretty sure if you had panned the camera a little bit to the right, you would have seen, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch in his mind palace. <laughs> I swore it was some kind of mind palace where the curious boy were his doubts and he would, you know, talk to his doubts. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought it was. Turns out, nope, nobody could have guessed that because it's such bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I think this all just comes down to the it's expectation. I I don't know. I mean, I completely agree with you, Dave on everything you've said in this podcast, and I have tried to bait. <laughs> I've, I've, I I mean, there's a bit where in the game where um, Evans Evans' father comes back and uh, to speak to Force uh, Ghosts. Yeah, mm-hmm. Force Ghosts to speak to the person that killed him, and he only nods at his son. Like, oh no, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Because at first I thought it was pre-recorded, it was going to be a pre-recorded thing, but then he starts talking back, and then I was like, oh, that's great, Evan's going to get a chance to talk to his dad again. And it's like, nod. No. <laughs> also, um, just, just a giant leap here, but I'm very close to my father, maybe you're not to yours, but if somebody had killed my father, I wouldn't be so quick to forgive. But everyone needs to love each other, Dave, and everyone needs to get along without war. Right. But okay, okay. The, Let there us is say a bit of somebody death, kills. Let, hang on. He he does bring on the point of Evan doesn't just go and get at the start of the game you think right he's going to go build his own kingdom and then he's going to go wipe out Ding Dong whatever the hell it's called and take it back. But he doesn't. 
He then did you starts, redo? He then <laughs> he then starts to think, right? What was the reason for his behavior? Why did he kill my father? Yeah, the father death thing. It I mean, it deserves a bit more of a revengeful sort of thing rather than just I oh, did it. It's cool. We'll make up. But he then instead of just going and charging him full attacking, causing countless death, he does go and say. He goes and speaks to his people and figures out, was it actually as good as I thought it was? And there are bits and bobs to it that have a little bit more depth than, hey, let's just go from point to A. <laughs> to all right, all right. A. You know what? I will I will give you, I will concede that point. You're right. There is a point there. The, my problem was the fact that it couldn't have just been that they were treating the rodents terribly. It had to be Rolando <laughs> who turned them all bad. <laughs> You know, it, it couldn't just be, oh, as it turns out, when you're terrible to a giant group of people, they will eventually get tired of it and revolt. It had to be, oh, there was this mystical bad guy that was turning him bad. I think it would have been a little more interesting if it was just a don't treat people poorly or this happens kind of thing. I thought the don't treat people poorly, this happens already happened. I thought the Rolando bit of it was more to do with the... The Could spark. you put a little more spice on that, Craig? The spark. Rolando! Um, Thank you. <laughs> was the spark that ignited the revolution, but I thought the the underlying theme Yeah, that, that was all was before he got all, involved, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, that was all there. He just took advantage well, yeah, of it. Well, yeah, that's what I meant. It, it sparked the revolution. Yeah. That, that's all. I... I well, it's kind I, of like a... It's, it's a play on Macbeth, isn't it? But it's like, sort of like... <clears throat> I don't fully understand what the why it was that started it because it, it just sounds like it's whispers from that that fella that that got things <clears throat> moving. And then the thing is the the fact that the dad appears as a ghost and stuff. You sort of like think, oh well, in this universe, it doesn't matter as much if they die anyway. So I guess it's all always <laughs> fair. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's an odd one. Very odd. That that, that is all right. Can we talk about the ending for a minute here? Mm-hmm. After we uh, kill Rolando and um, stop the kingdom of Allegoria from appearing. Did anyone notice that Allegoria was like an allegory? Shut up! (laughs) Shut up, Craig! (laughs) It drove me nuts for 90 hours. I ain't doing it no more. Um, Why why when Roland went back was everything fixed? Say that again? Why, when Roland went home, went back, after the giant party and all that, was everything Mm -hmm. in his kingdom fixed? Should it not still have been a nuclear wasteland? Yeah, that that bit (sighs) didn't make sense at all. Um, It It ended on a really happy note, didn't it? It it didn't tie in with the rest of the game or the theme from the first game. (laughs) You know, where, like, your mother's dead, mate, and she's not coming back no matter how much you cry (laughs) on your teddy. (laughs) Yeah. Um. Well, there's a in film, the first game, there's a there's a film that does this exact thing, and I'm racking my brains to think what it was, but and it's it's, it's Narnia esque. It's real world something <clears throat> oh, happens. Uh, the Last Jedi. Oh, <laughs> that's a huge like. There's, there's like Spiderwick Chronicles. No, 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 no. I just mean Narnia esque. As in, it's you're in. They're in the real world. Something happens. They then go to a fantasy land, do things, and then when they go back to the real world, a fundamental thing has changed. Is it Narnia? It's not Narnia, (laughs) but I can't for the life of me figure out what the film is. 
But it's exactly that. I think it's the action, even though it's completely disconnected from the other world, the action has somehow um, caused a like a fork in the, the timeline. And instead of this thing exploding, Evan's peace-generating kingdom treaty thing has stopped her from ever being... You know, like, it's maybe in the future. Okay. Treat 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 Evan's time oh. not as a parallel universe, but the past. So the, the peace went and came through to the new land, and then everyone was peaceful and happy and fire. I'm, I'm making it up, but it's mm. something like that. Okay. That uh, makes see, sense. The way Are I we thought all of... assuming that, that the cut to black sends it, him straight back to the time at the very start of the game? Or can we can we also maybe assume that it sends him back in time, like, ten what, years or something? he's in a hell of a time loop? That, well, oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, the time you don't know what the time loop's doing, to be honest. Well, no, because because the the game ends with them panning up to the city and the music swells mm-hmm. and he gets further along the bridge than he did in the beginning. Yeah, it is the exact so, same so t- scene. I watched the intro again just after the end- yeah. ending. Um, because, okay, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Luke, because you played the first one, which set up a little bit of rules, sort of, for this one. So when things happen in, let's say, the real world, don't they affect the fairy tale world of Ding Dong Didgeridoo? Because I thought the nuclear explosion in the beginning of the game is what caused that giant rift down the ocean in Didgeridoo Land. No, that that rift was always there. No, the rift was caused was by it? something in the the game. What was it? Was it not the? Was it, was it not the Dolorans city getting blown up? The horned up? one. Or no, no, it's right. the mm-hmm. it's the it's the mechanical town. Didn't they blow up or something and cause all those problems in the sea? And that's why I didn't they, think Broadleaf did. That's why you get the the ability to jump the ocean. It's because they created it or they resolved the problem. I can't remember. Oh, you're right. Don't no, you they do. Don't you get do. that at Hydropolis? Yeah, the, Hydropolis. Yeah, jump. because it's um, Leandro or whatever the fuck he's called. It's well, that, that kind of language isn't called for, sir. <laughs> okay, all right. But yeah, it, it's just weird that I was expecting him to go back to his world, take the ruins of a kingdom, much like Evan did, mm-hmm. and rebuild it. But instead, it's just nope. Everything's happy. So granted, I do f- not know what DLC does. In the first game, something happens in the real world which affects this parallel world. So then a wee tiny logical jump would be the peace that happened in the fake world happened in the real world. But you would have to go back and... Well, I guess time time jumping has already been laid down as it happens. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what, you, what, what we're saying here is... So Roland's world explodes, literally. Yep. And he gets sent to Ding Dong Didgeridoo. Mm-hmm. After the... Events of the game where peace is brokered among all the regions, which arguably have a real-life counterpart, okay? Then when Roland goes back home, he goes back to before the nuclear explosion, but the peace treaty between all the... No, it can't be that, because he mentions he mentions that he brokered peace with everybody in his world while they're driving along, of like, who would have thought you could broker peace with all the... He's on, on his way to a summit yeah, to but broker peace. The, the nuclear attack would have already happened if he was already set in his way. So I'm just saying maybe it cuts to maybe it cuts back to because 
I mean, logically, he's not going to re- rewind to just before a bomb blast anyway, so why don't you rewind to <laughs> well, before Well, he doesn't have then? control over uh, it. Wait, yeah. wait, guys. So it, I, I think... No, no, but doesn't that doesn't change the route of what, which he would have taken his politics or something like that, which may have didn't result yeah. in something he did finally get to? It's actually touching on the theme from the first game. I've just realized this. So in the first game, if you had something happen to you, I mean, not. I, I believe a character could live in one world and die in the other, but if you're corrupted in one world, it would also have a negative effect on you on the other. Evan has changed the viewpoint of every single person in that world so they can work together. Uh, and Roland has gone back to his time to find uh, that Evan's Google. change has gone and also done it for everybody in that world. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, okay. So, so Roland's timeline isn't linear. He goes back to before the bomb, yeah. but people have been changed. All we're gotcha. missing, but none of that's explained. That- that's awful. <laughs> In that limo at the start, all we needed was Doc Brown to pop out and go, It's your kids, Marty! And then the new kid goes off. And everything's fine after that. And yeah, if we're, we're talking linear timelines, Roland wouldn't have had to gone back because the change would have already happened because Roland went back before, so there never would have been a bomb. Anyway, this is not Looper Podcast. This is Nino Kuni 2 Podcast. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we touched on a lot of the story stuff I wanted to touch on, mainly that it's poop. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> is there any? <laughs> is there anything else anybody wants to touch on about the story? As brief I think as, I'm willing as it is. to let the, I'm, I'm probably willing to let the horned one go. Um, <laughs> oh, you'd like to hold the horned oh, one? Oh, you mean you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, stock RPG villain one on one? Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. the, the King Ferdinand scene thing at the very end, it's, it's, it's not too bad, is it? it? Other than it comes out of nowhere with no setup whatsoever. It explains it why everything's so like briefly you... explained, though, because he's, uh. he's just having a, a summary conversation with his dad. <laughs> oh, <laughs> let's play meta. <laughs> well, no, but you know what? If that is the case, let us say that is the thrust of the story they wanted to get across. Things are broad because he's recounting history. Right? Let's hmm. let's say that. Yeah. There are so many cool things you could have done to play with that. Hmm. I think we can all agree it's not been delivered well. No, no, no. And, and we're mm-hmm. not in the, the era where we can sort of say, well, maybe it got lost in translation. Yeah. Because I, I, I can't say I noticed any anything like out of the ordinary bad in this. Like there were no translation bugs, no, no nothing. So... I don't know. Do you know what this kind of reminds me of is Ratchet and Clank, the PlayStation 4 game, where I imagine if you watch the movie without playing the game, it doesn't make a lot of sense because it's just cutscene between cutscene whilst the game pads out the rest of the story. While this feels like it's a film where you've only got a little bit... (laughs) Craig's left the party. (laughs) (laughs) Very big fan of Ratchet and Clank and you have offended him, sir. (laughs) But... If you know what I mean, that the um, it feels like there's a full film behind this, and you're just getting bits of it with gameplay in between. There's no other. Not stuff. to uh, not to bring up a touchy subject. So you're, it, it's kind of a Final Fantasy 15 Kingsglaive problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay, I, I I can agree with that. I I absolutely agree that that was a terrible way to do things. Square, why did you do that? And and number two, I think this is also it's it's too broad strokey and. and they they want you to feel something at this game. 
Like it, it's it's not presented in a well. This is fluff. Enjoy it or don't. No biggie. It takes its time with these. Oh look, it's Evan's father, and then he just nods. You know, you know that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> nod from old dad. That's what I want when my father dies. If I ever see a ghost of mine, I just want him to nod. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. You did bring up a good point of it. It feels like there's a giant chunk missing. And again, I don't know if the DLC rectifies that or not. I don't think it does because it looks like it adds on to it, not adds to the base. Uh, Do any of you guys remember the film where the the aircraft carrier, there's a guy on it and he gets sent back in time and it's... Final Countdown? No, it's not that one. There's another one. Under Siege like, 2. No! <laughs> yeah, under, that's it. <laughs> Steven Seagal stops World War II. Yeah, that- Wow, I, I'm really, really missing out then. All right, um, do we have anything else left to say about the story? Mm. Nah. No. Since we have just completely eviscerated the story, um, <laughs> again, our apologies if you really enjoyed it. But who oh boy, she's a cracker. Um, let us know how you feel about it. You know, if you like it and you think we're a bunch of old fuddy-duddies that don't understand what words mean, then let us know. Uh, you can hit us up at The Bit Effect on the actual website. You can hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, what has you. Pick your poison and yell at us for a little bit. It'll be fun. Mm-hmm. As for closing this out, guys, any last things you want to say before we get out of here and go play Monster Hunter Iceborne? Like we all will. So, like... Uh, final thoughts wise on the mechanics none of them really quite hit the mark and individually there's too many things going on but for me it was just the right mix of that a level where i i just instantly clicked with bits of it and engaged in the bits that i wanted so overall i enjoyed playing the game you know as i said earlier it was popcorn fluff fairy tale nonsense that I just I really enjoyed and I did enjoy the city building just mo- my, a bit not OC- I don't want to say I hate people that say OCD because it's not OCD but it, having everyone in the right box was hugely satisfying to me watching numbers um, go up is a wonderful thing it really is <laughs> and, and it's, it's just we sim- we simple things made the game for me alright full stop are you sending a telegram no, it was just because normally I do that thing where I pause and then I start speaking <laughs> that is again. True. And then I... <laughs> All right, better up. Yeah, so um, I think with my time of it, I kind of I was hoping for a bit more. Um, I was excited for the game initially. Uh, you know, the first ten hours or so, I did actually enjoy the combat, and then it sort of like slowly the layers sort of stripped away, and eventually I was thinking. I don't know. I don't know if, if this was something I really... You know, the fact that it was sat on my shelf for about nine months probably enforced the fact that I wasn't 100% sure going in in the first place. But having coming out of it, I, I felt it was too long, even as short as it is. And, um, you know, I've, I've, I'm not as bad on the presentation of it. I've, I thought some bits were beautiful, like the, the whole casino area. Uh, absolutely stunning looking. And oh, yeah. You know, as, as I said earlier... 4k hdrs so I, lo- I love all that sort of business sun- sunsets all that stuff um <clears throat> and yeah at some point the music kicked through and got to me 
other points I sort of fell back into my more sort of negative ways and thought still not 100% sure on this and at the end uh, you know I, I think it's better than the first game but only by a very slim margin and the first game wasn't in my list of classics by any means already so unfortunately I'm going to have to leave it, leave it at that and say you know uh, kind of falls into the average camp not really keen for a Nino Cooney free, but I think there's still scope to do a good Nino Cooney free if they did. That's an interesting point, mate. I never really thought about that. Um, I guess as someone who enjoyed the first one, but it had a lot of problems, I came into this game knowing that it was going to be a different experience, knowing that Studio Ghibli weren't as involved, and knowing that there had been you know cuts made in the, I assume for cost reasons, and I I, I think I maybe came in with low expectation, but. I really, really enjoyed the combat with it. As Craig said, it's popcorn, it's sit back, it's relax. And sometimes that's the sort of game you need. And for me, it's long enough for an RPG. Um, there's enough depth there if you want to play around with it. Unfortunately, a lot of it doesn't hit, you know, some of the, the mechanics. They are pointless, but for a game that's target audience is probably your first RPG or or playing a game with your child or giving it to your child, I think it's a really good game for for that reason. And I think it looks really good. I think sound-wise it's good. It's like playing a, a Studio Ghibli game, and that's great. So I would thoroughly recommend it. All right. Um, mm. I'm going to try my darndest to speak without hyperbole or over-exaggeration. This is the worst game I've played this year. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean that honestly. Um, At no point did I find the combat enjoyable because five seconds in, I knew exactly what this combat system was going to be. Didn't enjoy the story. I have trouble finding stuff I did like. Um... You heard the episode. There are some things I like. I like the the little skirmish minigame, and I like the kingdom management. And There are some things I do like about this game. This is very, very far down on the list of RPGs I would ever want to revisit. Let's say around Lost to Odyssey level of RPGs, right? I can't say anything other than what I've said in the episode. I just think this game is kind of awful. And I really hate finding games awful. It makes me really sad. So, like Mike, though, I kind of, I think I would give Nino Kuni 3 a chance. I mean, why not, right? It's just time and money. No worries. Um, based on what Luke said earlier, I might actually go back and revisit Nino Kuni 1 with a little bit of, um, let's say, shave some expectations off the top. Because what he said earlier makes that sound a little bit more attractive to me than than this was, and this is something I've always meant to visit. I w- Sorry, I would just say that there are some really really good YouTube videos out there that summarize the game. You can watch all the animated scenes of the first game in like three or four hours, and that's probably enough to get all the the hooks from it without going and enduring because. There are a lot of problems with that game. I I wouldn't recommend a seventy hour playthrough. Luke, have we have the we content met? Uh, I'm Dave. Content. <laughs> um. 
<laughs> I, I don't want a second game that Luke recommended on the I Hate of the Year. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. I already have it. It's bought. So, I mean, I, I'm just being in my collection means I'm going to play it sometime. So, you know, this may have been a little oomph that I needed after Monster Hunter's done. So, by fall 2020, I should be ready to play it. Um, yeah, that's all I can really say. Um, if you like Nino Kuni 2, that's perfectly fine. Uh, just being honest, this this is terrible. So, <laughs> boy, I hate ending on a down note. Guys, I'm sorry. I'm I'm really being a downer. Anyway, uh, no, it's cool, man. You don't have to like everything. Just like something now and again, it'd be great. I love Godzilla. <laughs> all right, all right. I like Godzilla. I like Dynasty Warriors. There. Oh, do you know what we didn't mention? The the pun names of the citizens, oh. like bygone. And so on and so forth. Yippee. Yeehaw. Bow wow. No, oh, no. Oh, my word. I missed that. Yippee. What? What? Why I? P.I. Uh-huh. Yippee. And, um, oh, no. Bygone. I even catch that. Bygone has a side quest where he <laughs> literally lets bygones be bygones. I'm not joking. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, that word. is some Dragon Quest level punning right there. Yeah, it really was. It really was. Apologies for jumping in there, but it just, it just all of That's a sudden... That's perfectly fine. A little bit of positive to break up this parade. Anyway. All right. So... Something I'd like to start trying to do at the end of these podcasts are uh, your predictions, gentlemen. Because I've been burnt a couple times like this or Red Dead 2 where I think I'm really going to enjoy something and then it stabs me in the eyeballs with a fork. So the, what's the next big game, Craig? I told you at the start. I've, put the, I've closed the thing. I know. I was going to let you talk. But yeah. now you <laughs> ruined it. The next big game so is Luke, Resident Evil 2. It's Resident what, no, Evil 2 remake. No, no, no. <laughs> I didn't hear what you said. Luke, what's the next big game? It's a Resident Evil 2 remake, David. You know what? Thank you very much, Luke. I appreciate how that was direct and to the point. So, gentlemen, I think we've all sort of played this already, but what are your predictions? Resident I, I predict it will, be, it will be great, but I, I've, I've, still not played, I've still not played enough of it. I think there's a chance... I might not enjoy it fully as much as the original, but we'll find out. Ooh. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I've played through it once, having not played the original, and I enjoyed it more than I thought I ever would. And when you go back to play it for the podcast, what are you going to do? Are you going to play the B-side or are you going to play the other character? I'll play the other character, and then if I've got time, we'll try the B-side just to see what the difference is, really, just to fully understand it. But I'll go other character. I did Claire already. I thought Resident Evil 2 was just a one-time you play it, you finish it, you put it down, but it sounds like there's a lot of extra that you can get from playing through it with different styles of play, as in you'll unlock unlimited ammo. or It sounds like it's there to be played more than once, and that's what I'm looking forward to. All right. Uh, myself, if you take every negative thing that I said and flip it 180 on this podcast, then you'll have... Pretty close to how I feel about the Resident Evil 2 remake. So, join <laughs> us next time on the next Big Bit Effect episode where we will talk about the Resident Evil 2 remake. In between then, we have some Retro Rewind games in which, Craig, would you like to tell them what it is? Um, yes, I really, I really would like to tell them what, what it is. <laughs> um, so, in, in between now 
and the time in which we record and release Resident Evil 2, we will be playing two Retro Rewind games, which are... Load Quicker webpage. Lemmings. And also, we've had a request from someone called Jason. Hi, Jason. For The Simpsons Road Rage. So we'll be playing that as well. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, gentlemen, say goodnight for the last time to the Kingdom of Evermore and Evie Pettywhisker Rothington Third, whatever his name was. Good night for the last time to the Kingdom of Evermore and Evan Pettywhisker, whatever his name was, Roland. Good night to the Kenny Rogers Jr. the third, <laughs> fourth of Everton. More. Thank you. Good night, gentlemen. Oh, Luke, you vanilla-tasting son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) All right, thank you very much for listening, and we will catch you next time.